Welcome to An Abundant Future with Matt Powers. It's a beautiful day here in sunny California. I'm your host, Matt Powers. I would like to take a moment before we begin. Zen Honeycutt is founder and leader of Moms Across America. Her organization is helping people all over America. The subject matter today is heavy. I want everyone to realize wherever they're at, whatever has happened, there are steps we can take to cleanse our bodies and to protect our children, to heal our children, all these different things. But we should we should move forward and know about these toxins. We should learn and study our environment so that we can protect against these toxins. So let's dive in. I'm always inspired by Zen Honeycutt. I'm really inspired by her work. And actually, my health is improving because of her work. So I'm incredibly grateful for her. And I want you to learn from her as well. So here we go. I am here with Zen Honeycutt. And Zen, you and I have met, we've talked online, we've been communicating, we, we, we feel like we're allies. But when I got the chance to actually see you speak, I was, I was blown away. I was like, yes, she shares the things I agree with. Oh man, her website looks, you know, I looked at it, but it didn't sink in until oh. I got to see you speak. You are on a mission and it needs to be my mission and it needs to be all of our missions. And, and if you, if all my listeners, I want them to go to your website and play a video and hear you speak, watch you speak, because it becomes immediately clear. Maybe it's the parent in us both that it ignited, you just speak right to me and I am listening and there's, and you know, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what started your journey Mm-hmm. Why are you on this mission, and what your, what what's your message? And and you know, and people will feel exactly what I felt. So let's just start there. Well, first of all, thank you, Matt. I really appreciate that you have taken the time to look at our website and to watch my talks. I know that you know there's a lot of information out there, and there's so many other things you could be doing. So I really appreciate that you took the time, and it's such an honor to speak with you because what you're doing is the solution. You know, your permaculture courses, your workshops, the talks that you give, the empowerment that you give other people is is exactly what we need in the world. So I'm thrilled to connect with you and to talk to uh, or, you know, have your listeners hear what I have to say as well, because we're all working together. And and this is what the world needs. We need to be aware of what's actually happening. We need to face the reality as difficult as it can be. And we need to begin to imagine the solutions and work towards them. So I love that. I love what you're doing and I'm really happy to be able to, to speak to your listeners. Um, and, and how we got started was, you know, like you mentioned, being a parent, being concerned about my children, their health issues. I had, uh, I had, I have three boys who all have had either life-threatening allergies, autism symptoms. One is chemically sensitive. One has, has had asthma symptoms. And I'm not alone. Millions of parents have children with health issues now. In fact, every parent that I meet, new parent, they have a child or at least one or two children with multiple health issues. And it was not like this when we were children. Right? It's, it's, it's just, hard to it was, talk about. It, it's challenging. It's very daunting. And it's, it's very distressful to hear 
parents from around the world. I've had the opportunity now to go to Japan and New Zealand and China and uh, Europe, different places. And everywhere I go, the parents are struggling with their children's health issues, especially here in America. So as a mother of, a, of children with health issues, and by the way, my husband and I never had those health issues, uh, right? So we, we the, the claim that it's genetic is completely debunked um, across the nation, around the world. Uh, it's environmental toxins. And the, my, when my children had these health issues for a long time, I thought there was really nothing I could do about it. You know, my child just had to avoid nuts and dairy and gluten and wheat and peanuts and carrageenan and red food dyes and, you know, all of that. We just had to avoid them. But at one point, my child said, you know, mom, I wish all my allergies would go away. And in my head, I thought, that's just never going to happen. And then I heard myself, you know, in my head, <laughs> that's possible. And, and I heard that I was being really resigned and doubtful, that nothing was ever going to change. And I also knew that that I realized that that was seeing him as small, as somebody who couldn't do anything about his health, as a victim, as somebody who is just, you know, destined to have to struggle with this for the rest of his life. And I didn't like that. You know, I would like to be empowering with my children and, and supportive. So I began to think to myself, gee, what if something could be done? What if like, you know, one of my cousins who was, she avoided gluten for a year. And then after a year, she was able to eat a slice of pizza now and then because she restored her gut. She took care of her, the microbiome in her gut. Right. And so I thought, well, what if that could happen with my son? And I began to ask him, if he would be partners with me and he would be supportive of, of his own health, he would take charge of his own health. And he said, yes. So we began a journey of learning about what was in our food, uh, going to alternative doctors, um, drinking green drinks, taking MSM by MRM, like for the gut. There's many other different products now too, that support the gut probiotics, fermented foods, all of that. And within four months, his allergies were dramatically reduced and within about a year, his allergies went from a 19 down to a 0.2. And now, these are life-threatening allergies that we were told would not get better. They would only get worse because they're nut allergies. So when I began to see health changes in my son, I became even more determined that other people would find out about this. And, and it, it led to the creation of Moms Across America. We're a national co coalition of unstoppable moms. Our motto is Empowered Moms Healthy Kids. And we are, a we, we are committed to empowering millions to educate themselves about GMOs and related toxins, to offer GMO-free and organic solutions, and through empowering local leadership, we help create healthy communities together. And we really believe, just like um, Kid President says, really cute kid on YouTube, that if all the moms in the world knew how awesome they are, all the problems in the world would be fixed. <laughs> and... <laughs> And so we, we try to really take an empowering approach, and it's a lot of fun. It, it's great to connect with people, and we, we really love giving out flyers and bumper stickers and buttons and things that support moms in their local communities to, to raise awareness and to basically transform this food system and therefore transform the future of America. Is that, you know The fact is right now we're in a health crisis and food is one of the number one components of our health, and we need to do something about it. So we've had a, a great adventure and a lot more, a lot of other stories and things I'd like. I'm going to sure touch upon, but that's sort of the beginning of how we get started. Wow, that's so incredible. I uh, I, I can't help get emotional because it's it's so personal. Um, 
in my family, in my extended family, with all my friends. Uh, we are, you know, we are seeing in our children issues that we never saw in our peers growing up that were completely alien to us because we have had knew no one with these kinds of issues. And it's so, um, it can feel emotionally and activity-wise crippling. Um, but what was so incredible, you know, because like I said, I saw the, you know, anti-GMOs, no GMOs, Moms Across America. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm with you. Yeah. But then it's like you go to the website and it's like, well, this is a scientifically proven gut restoration uh, like uh, supplement and mm -hmm. this is the science and mm -hmm. here's a video with a doctor explaining it and, and and then that's just one of like a dozen products that where you can actually diagnose you can you can go and take your you know your son's saliva or or urine you can send it into a lab Man, I'm getting emotional just just talking about this. This is so close to home. We all need this in our lives. We need to be able to mm -hmm. test and to know for for certain, without a doubt, that your water's clean, that your children are clean, and and you know, I'm I'm working my way through the products. I don't have them all. We haven't run all the tests. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all kind of where we're at. You know, financially, where we're at. Um, but I encourage everyone, wherever they're at, to go to your website, to check out, just start with one of those products if you can't do them all. Um, the Sea Minerals was life-changing. The Gut Restore has mm -hmm. taken my Crohn's, which is something that like defined who I was, sadly, mm. for years, and has made it a background component of the scenery of my life. Wow, that's huge. Thank you for sharing that. We hear we get a lot of testimonials from different people and they're very different because people have different issues. But um, I'm glad that you mentioned our products because that's one of our that fulfills in our mission is to have healthy communities. So, you know, we may sell calendars or jewelry someday, you know, as a fundraiser, but we prefer to sell products which actually help fulfill in our mission, which is to restore the gut, which is to reduce inflammation, which is to uh, detox the body, you know? And so we have an excellent uh, supplement. Um, he has an e expert for 40 years experience that supports us in finding out about new products. And then we ask the moms, we, we ask around, are there testimonials have, you know, we, we've connected with Thinking Moms Revolution and they highly recommended Restore. So we had to listen to that. And we're very happy to offer these health solutions now, which support our work. So when you when you purchase these products, you're supporting that you know materials get out to moms. That we have somebody to answer the phone to you know to respond to people who have questions about starting an event, you know things like that. So it's very supportive, and and I love that we do have the science. If you go to our website, momsacrossamerica.org, and you click on data, you can see all the science behind everything that I mentioned in my talks. Um, behind our blogs and our articles. And what we try to do is to read through those studies and consult with the scientists and farmers and science, you know, scientists and doctors and, um, and get the gist of it, you know, give it to you in layman terms so that you can understand what's actually going on in the study. So we do that in our blog. You can see 
um, links to you know all the different scientific studies when we talk about what's happening in the food supply. And then if you go to Health Solutions, that's where you can find, I believe we actually only have about five products right now. We're very selective in our products and they have to be breakthrough. Um, so we, we do urge you to, to check those out. Um, because when you start seeing changes, like you just mentioned, Matt, in your health, then you, you really can see possibility for other people as well. And, and the fact is, is that it's not enough for our families to eat organic or for our families to try these supplements and get better because our children's future spouses are out there somewhere. And we would like them to someday, you know, be healthy and frankly, have their reproductive organs work so that if they want to have a child and experience the profound love that it is to have one's own child, that they can do that. You know, and so this is really a community health issue. We have to reach out to other people in our community and let them know what's going on with the food supply. Let them know what the solutions are, what the alternatives are, and how they can start taking steps to protect their children. Because we, we frankly won't have a healthy, free, and powerful, if that matters to you, country, you know, if, if we aren't healthy as individuals, if we aren't sane, mentally sane, if we aren't active in our government, we, we simply won't have the freedom and the country that we cherish so it's really a community issue. So I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned um, all, of, all of those things. This is what we need to pay attention to now. And I say it also because um, I would like to dive into uh, the subject matter of what you share, which is, and I also wanted to bring it to the, the positive solution-oriented end, you know, first, because a lot of people are going to hear things probably that we're going to discuss, mm -hmm. and it's going to hurt it's going to um, scare them. And you know what? Those are natural, physical, instinctual, genetic reactions that are important that we should listen to, um, especially right now in this time period in our lives with our children. Uh, I think of Tyrone uh, B. Hayes, the professor uh, you know, biology at Berkeley, um, he his he, what happened to him is he exposed that you know gender is being messed up by atrazine in all you know like all the animals it encounters and he got into huge amounts of trouble and huge amounts of heat and I know that you just like Aaron Brockovich and a lot of people know about Aaron Brockovich um, faces incredible heat for making yeah. the stances you take and yeah. for sharing the truth. And it is scary truth, and that's part of why there's kickback. There's a percentage of the people who are like, no, no, who are just scared, and they, they're afraid. They don't want to hear it because it, it's, some, it's, difficult. it's difficult truth. So I just want to prepare everyone that there are solutions, that mm -hmm. it is heavy, and without any further ado, can you tell us about um, RNA sprays and about the new level of GMOs and the uncertainties thereof? Sure, sure. Well, first of all, you know, genetically modified food has been going on in our food supply for 20 years. Foods are genetically modified in the most part to resist toxic chemicals so that uh, they can spray the weeds and our food crop will survive, except, you know, the food crop absorbs the chemicals and we eat them. They do not wash off. I was very angry to find that out. 
they actually get absorbed into the plant. In fact, in some cases, the Bt toxins, they are infecting every cell of the plant. So we are eating toxins. And the industry, the GMO industry, is starting to get clued into the fact that we don't want toxins in our food. So in some cases, not in all, like in some cases, they've, Monsanto, for in, in instance, has invested $5 million in or maybe billion dollars, I'm sorry, it's just a huge amount of money in dicamba, right, which is an older chemical even than glyphosate, which is the most widely used herbicide in the world. So they, they've, they're going backwards in some ways, but in other ways, they think they're going forward by doing things like inventing something called RNA spray, which is different from DNA, you know, it's RNA, and it is a genetic spray. It actually shuts down mechanisms in the plant so that the plant will not survive any longer. It, it will live, you know, it will die. So what they're thinking of doing is instead of spraying the crop for the weeds, that they would somehow just spray the weeds and it would shut down a mechanism in the weed and so that the weed would die. Now, the problem with this, first of all, I mean, you've got drift, which is the very same problem they had with with pesticides in the first place. When they first started, they were spraying Roundup on weeds and it would start to kill crops. So that's why they had to genetically engineer the crop to resist Roundup, right? So first of all, there's that problem. Second of all, we know now that we have an, a new phenomena. We had acid rain in the 80s. Now we have Roundup rain. What's happening is Roundup and other chemicals like dicamba, the, when it's hot, the chemical particle dissipates into the air and rain has to form around a particle. Rain will not form unless there's you know, dust or particles in the air. So water will collect around that chemical particle and it will hang out in a cloud for however long it, you know, until it's heavy enough and then it will fall down as rain to the earth. And what a... Um, a uh, colleague of mine told me recently as he was talking to a farmer and they sprayed a brand new pesticide in Texas just recently and they found it two weeks later in New York. Whoa. Brand new pesticide, never been sprayed before. So they knew it was from that spraying. And so what's happening is we are having chemical, you know, pesticide or Roundup rain all across the nation. And this is why I've had Ancient grain farmers expressed to me that they're extremely concerned. I mean, we were in tears with each other at the Heirloom Expo about a year or two ago because they're finding glyphosate from Roundup on their ancient grain crops. This is where the contamination is coming from. So our concern is in addition to organic food and ancient grains and our waters and our playgrounds and grandma's backyard garden, you know, being contaminated with these toxic chemicals is that this is going to happen with RNA spray. These genetic sprays are inevitably going to dissipate, right? Things evaporate and dissipate. They're, they're going to dissipate. Water will collect around them and fall down to the earth thousands of miles away in our water supply. And what then? What kind of mutations are we going to have? What kind of mass die-offs are we going to have? What kind of genetic mutations are going to happen within life forms and even, you know, our children that might be running barefoot on the grass that where it's just rain, these RNA sprays. So they have to think about this. This is, this is not going to be well received with the public. They think that they're going in a better direction and they're not. I mean, you just, you have to have common sense sometimes, just like with GMO seeds, you know, they were so surprised to find GMO wheat in Oregon a couple years ago. Well, you know, 
Ducks eat seeds, they fly, and they poop thousands of miles away with a neat little package that will grow that seed. You know, you can't. You have to have common sense when you start inventing things. And just because you can do it doesn't mean you ought to do it. We have to take into consideration the environment, the health of people on the planet, of animals, of life forms, and, and reconsider these new technologies. Instead of considering them progress, we have to look at them as how they could be a threat to our to life on the planet. Yeah, threat is right. Um, I think that, I mean, what is, so you've been in board meetings with th- these, these company leaders uh, when you've gone to um, uh, represent, re- representative meetings uh, with the public. Yes. Well, are these people insane? Do they have no common sense? What, what is their rationale? Because I understood like the story of their rationale 60 years ago. You know, I understood the story of the rationale even in the 70s. But now, with all the facts, with the, it's just in your face. What's going on? I had the opportunity to to go to the Monsanto shareholder meeting twice. It would have been three times, but unfortunately, the second year, which was, I went 2015, there were over 1,200 people, maybe 1,000, 1,200 people. It um, It was televised. And um, the Wall Street Journal picked up the story in one of my quotes. Right, it, it was it was out there. But the second year, my father-in-law unfortunately was being buried due to liver disease on the same day of the Monsanto shareholder meeting. So I had a stand-in. I had one of my um, awesome leaders in the Midwest, Ann Temple, go, and we had two other women, in fact, go at the same time. Rachel Parent from a teenager from Canada and. Uh, Beth Savitt from Shaka in Hawaii, which is being inundated with chemicals. So all three women went. And then last year, Ann and I went back and I had to tell them, listen, I was going to be here last year, but uh, um, I was at my father-in-law's funeral who was being buried from liver disease. I'm back this year with a study proving that your product Roundup causes liver disease. Wow. And the, and the, yeah. And the looks on their faces are not, you know, of happiness. They They are very annoyed that I'm in their space saying what I'm saying about their products, but they came in my space. Their Monsanto advertisement came into my living room when I was watching, like, I don't know, some family show, you know, and their Monsanto commercial came on in my living room and I was outraged to see them lying to millions of people across America that their products are safe and affordable and, and are somehow connected to love and, you know, feeding your families it was absolutely ridiculous. So when I was in the shareholder meetings, I could see looks of, you know, total astonishment or anger or surprise or shock on the faces of the shareholders. The first time that I went after I presented a proxy, which was on behalf of John Harrington Group. So the way that I got in was John Harrington has invested over $2,500 um, of stock. And when you do that, you can, you have the opportunity, the ability to present a proxy or a referendum, like something which would change how the corporation works, right? Because you're a shareholder. And so he presented a proxy, which was to have the shareholders be able to vote, to have a board member on the board, such as a farmer or a pediatrician, right? Which would make sense if you're trying to feed the world safely, right? So this proxy was was advisory to be able to have one of those, have that opportunity to, to vote and member onto the board. And they wanted me to present it. So I presented it. They said, you can pretty much say whatever you want to say. Just say, vote for this 
you know, this proxy. So I was able to present all the ways in which their products are harming our children. And then in the end, add, please, you know, vote for this proxy because we need a pediatrician or a farmer on the board to make sure that Monsanto products are safe, you know, in order to keep their shareholders, the profits up, right? If their products are not safe, obviously their shareholder profits are going to drop. But um, I simply wanted them to change direction. Now, historically, that proxy, we won. We got 53% vote. That was a huge deal because historically, a shareholder um, proxy only gets 2%, 9%, maybe at the most 19% of the vote. And so this was a big deal that it passed. Now, it was only advisory. It was not compulsory. So obviously, Monsanto did not follow their recommendation. They did not allow the shareholders to vote a, a farmer or a pediatrician on their board. And, uh, you know, that was very unfortunate. But it did allow me the opportunity to get up and speak one time for three minutes. And then uh, Hugh Grant, unfortunate name, Hugh Grant, the CEO of Monsanto, said that, oh, you can get up again. He acted very cool and calm and collect, like I was not ruffling his feathers or disturbing the meeting in any way. So he invited me to come back up to the microphone again um, if I wanted to. And I, I got back up four times. And you can hear the... The, that I think you can still hear that meeting. Um, if you go to our blog and you click on Monsanto shareholder meeting uh, or you search for Monsanto shareholder meeting in our blog, I, I have a written account, which you can read. And then you can also listen to the account, I believe, um, through the link. Um, and there's also a YouTube account, a video of that um, of that meeting. But since then, you know, that that meeting, I don't know if it had anything to do with, with me being there, but there was also the World Health Organization deemed glyphosate a probable carcinogen. And um, it was announced that over 200 weeds were resistant to Roundup and glyphosate-based herbicides. So that was a tough year for Monsanto, um, and their stock dropped 34% that year. Now, they've since had a bit of a comeback. They've, you know, sold off. They've done dividends. They've um, said, you know, we're, we're going in a new direction, um, and I think partially because of, you know, some of the visits that I've made to Dow, DuPont, Syngenta, and Monsanto about two weeks later, they did say we are going in a softer type direction. So um, I'm very happy about that, that the, you know, the moms speaking up their testimonials and, you know, everything that we had to say did make a difference. Uh, but of course, like we mentioned earlier with the RNA spray, we're, we're, we're not happy with that direction and we're, we're not happy with the investment in Dicamba. So since then, we've been sending out letters to hedge funds and investment groups asking them to divest from Monsanto. Because it's clear to us that the only way that Monsanto is going to stop doing what they're doing is if it's no longer economically viable. They're, they're not going to listen to us saying your products are harmful. Mon the, the CEO of Monsanto looked me in the eye when I said in this last year at the meeting that, you know, we found glyphosate not only in breast milk and water and urine and Pediasure feeding tube liquid and a supporter gave us tests showing that glyphosate was in wine you know, it's in beer, it's in all kinds of foods, it's poisoning our children, but we also found it in vaccines. And the CEO looked me in the eye and said in front of his board and the 60 people, very small shareholder meeting this year, he said, there's no evidence whatsoever that glyphosate is in breast milk or vaccines. He straight up lied. There is, there's multiple tests from different labs showing that glyphosate is present in, um, in these substances. And so they're, you know, they're trying to cover their tracks as much as possible legally. Of course, I don't think legally he could admit that that would be a big problem for his company. So, 
um, they're, they're going to have to change direction. I mean, I, I mentioned at the first meeting that Kodak knew that they had the digital technology for 20 years and they sat on it. So they put themselves out of business by not making advancements into new technology, by not sort of outselling themselves, right? Mm -hmm. They put themselves out of business. So that's what Monsanto is going to do if they don't turn the ship around and stop making products which harm people. And I said, listen, we need people to clean up the trash out of the ocean. We need people to do solar. We need wind. We need other things which, you know, help the earth, don't harm the earth and harm our children. And they have that possibility. When I went to Dow and DuPont, there was one of the people, one of the sustainability so-called experts that came up to me. And I said that to her about, you know, cleaning up the ocean. She's like, oh, we actually have technology that like eats trash. And I was like, use it, do it, <laughs> get it out there. And her eyes sort of lit up and. She got sort of excited about that. And, it, you know, it's we just have to connect with people, push for this future that we want, create it, insist that it's possible and be unstoppable about it because it's not going to happen unless we say so. Unless somebody says we are going to, you know, run. What is it? The Netherlands completely run on solar. Right. They made enough energy in one day or something to to run their whole country. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know if it's Netherlands or Finland or Sweden, but one of those, one of the countries, I mean, there, somebody said, we're going to do this. We're going to make this happen. I don't care how improbable it is. We're going to make this happen. And that's what needs to happen in this country right now. And that's why I'm so glad that people like you and like the movie seed, and there's another movie coming out called tomorrow. They're showing solutions and we need to get behind those and rally around those and make those happen. And then it's one of the reasons why I think, Moms Across America started off um, so successfully, like with such a bang, because the opportunity that we put out there, our first event was to join into Fourth of July parades. And this is a family friendly, easy event that somebody else has organized. You don't have to organize it. It's already happening in your local hometown or your, the next county over. And you just have to slap some red, white and blue on your tricycle or your kid or yourself and join in a parade with a big sign that, you know, we've made up <coughs> say moms across America, March for an organic America, or at the time it's March for, to label GMOs. And one parade, three people <coughs> means reaching 49,000 people. So you can reach thousands, even a small parade, five, 10, 15,000 people in a day. And so that's the kind of action I believe that's going to create awareness, create involvement, create empowerment, create connection in communities so that people start getting involved and, aware of the solutions. And so I believe really, truly in my heart that that's, that's the, a very important direction to go is to be connecting with people and, and empowering them locally. Awesome. I love that remixing of culture, taking, you know, standards in the American culture, you know what I mean? In the year of America culture yeah. uh, and then remixing them to be what America should be. You know what I mean? Pure. <laughs> Hel healthy um you know i had some thoughts uh, in there so everything Monsanto has ever done has been banned they always tend to retreat into the military budget um and what we need to do this time is as they retreat cut off that military budget so that mm -hmm. you know their access um chemical whatever it is doesn't get used and dumped on some foreign nation 
um, that does something economically we don't like, um, or or gets sold to uh, an, another nation that doesn't have laws protecting their people, uh, we have to just do a full stop uh, <clears throat> instead of letting it go get out. You're thinking because that's how they think. They think way ahead. They think 10, 20 years ahead, 50 years ahead for sure. Yeah. So we, we do have to think a lot about that. And I went to the Norman Borlaug dialogue in, and I'll, I'll let you talk in just a second. I want to jump in with, I went to the Norman Borlaug dialogue, which is the World Food Prize. And they are using Africa like a football right now. They invited all kinds of speakers, women's, well, not speakers, actually, people that they wanted to acknowledge and give an award to, but they didn't even let them speak. So they had African farmers, women farmers, and they um, gave them awards, but they wouldn't even let them speak. And then they would brainwash them for four days about the benefits of GMOs. And so they're trying to get GMOs and chemicals into Africa in a big way right now. That's awful. It's completely awful. And if you want to see what's actually happening in Africa, on my website, Moms Across the World, which is titled Mothers Across the World, but somebody took that URL from us, and I don't want to spend $1,200 on it. So if you go to Moms Across the World and you go under resources, there's a video from Alice from Uganda, which completely blows away every argument that Monsanto has ever made in a, I don't know, five minute video. And she doesn't even do it on purpose. She's just a a woman talking about the impact of GMOs and the toxic chemicals on her family in Uganda in a small village, which is now starving and dying of diabetes because of GMOs and toxic chemicals. Yeah, so that's, you know, I was talking both general and specific. You answered in specific about how people reacted during your um, encounters with them. But this perspective, these actions that this company and these companies made of individuals, um, these individuals are taking in concert is literally killing huge amounts of biodiversity in nature in our fields, poisoning more than the food, more than the water, everything, you know, the air, the people, everything that it encounters, it poisons. And it's, it, it's just obvious to, almost, to, to me, and I think to everyone who's educated, that they are the, like, they are the greatest threat. They are the threat to our futures. Um, we need to stop them tilling, but then they, they've been doing this no-till with tons of spraying of chemicals. Yes. You know, we have to just cut them out of everything and get people, we have to ban them. We have to get people to stop buying from them. But at the same time, we have to understand what is driving them to try to compost everyone and everything around them. Because yeah. just on a biological level, they're a decomposition event. They're a pesticide in themselves as people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw a, a woman, Amanda Markham, at a, the Los Angeles Dietitian Conference a couple of weeks ago, and you just would be in shock about you know, pretty much everything that came out of her mouth. She believes wholeheartedly that GMOs are progress and that there's more progress in science, in technology, that we should be placing more faith in technology and the power of man than of nature. She believes nature is a threat, that nature, you know, grows poisonous mushrooms. So therefore, nature should be controlled, should be limited, should be harnessed, and and that we as human beings have a responsibility to do that. And if we don't, you know, she really believes we're going to be in serious trouble. 
You know what? She's right about one thing. The little bit of nature that she represents should probably be controlled, and <laughs> yeah. all the things that she wants to be doing to nature, she, maybe that's what she's asking. She's saying that she's the threat. She's saying nature's the threat, and it's like, yeah, but you're the you're part of nature too, and you do seem like you are a threat. <laughs> yeah, she she doesn't see that. She just she just doesn't see that at all. She sees that you know a non-browning apple or a potato that won't get hit by a certain plight or a pest or whatever is perfectly safe. And she doesn't see the harm in the silencing component, you know, for your listeners that when, when a genetically modified apple or potato, um, or, or some other, you know, uh, food product is, has a mechanism that's shut down. There's a silencer in there that's being injected into the seed and the DNA of that, of that food to tell it to no longer do something like the browning of the apple. Now, the problem with that is that that silencer could very well silence function in our children's body. And we would have no way of ever knowing that. The other thing is that there's promoters like for greener lettuce or redder tomato. Those promoters could wake up rare disease genes. They have to wake up the genes to say more red in the tomato, right? But what if those promoters are waking up rare diseases in our children's bodies? And, and this has been pointed out by a geneticist to a friend of mine who said to my, my friend, you know, aren't you concerned your son has this specific rare disease gene? And she said, well, I'm not going to get too stressed out about it because everybody has rare diseases, you know, genes in their bodies that at any given time, you know, you have like seven of them at any given time. It's just a matter of whether or not your body is going to handle it or not. And he said, well, I'm concerned because I'm seeing a skyrocketing increase in children with rare genetic diseases, so-called genetic diseases, right? And it's almost as if something is waking these genes up. Yep. So you have to put two and two together and start to wonder if the GMOs, which are, you know, have silencers and promoters in them, which seem innocuous, innocuous, you know, they don't have toxic chemicals. Um, they're not engineered to withstand Roundup, but they're a different form. I call them DT, desired trait. GMOs, there's HT herbicide tolerant and BT, which is Bacteria serous generis um, toxin. So the DT, the desired trait GMOs, have you know huge amount of unpredictable, untested, uncontrollable um, results that we don't know about, and and so we have to um, keep an eye on that, keep that in check. And the CRISPR technology, which is it'll it'll and it'll uh, take out a desired trait or an undesirable trait from a species forever. For instance, if they want rats to have blue eyes instead of brown eyes, they genetically engineer that one rat um, and, you know, the, the female rat, I believe, and then all of her offspring will forever have blue eyes. Their offspring, their offspring, their offspring, generate forever. So they can genetically engineer out a trait of a species forever. That is very scary business, to be able to eliminate, um, you know, our, our life forms on the planet. We already know what 90 something percent of our seeds are, are lost, you know, that, that are, are being, uh, you know, monopolized and purchased and, and, and hoarded away or just not used, you know, because they've been, those seed companies have monopolized. So the thinking of these people is progress. The thinking of the GMO proponents is that they want progress. They want to make money. They want to tinker with and alter life on the planet and manipulate it to serve them. 
and they are not concerned with the impact on the environment. They think that the impact on the environment will take care of itself, that human beings and their health issues are just a side effect. They're really not concerned with it. And so I think in many cases, like I've had the opportunity to to debate some of these people, sometimes it's worth my time. Sometimes it's not, frankly. Um, I would rather focus on the solution. So I think we have to do the paradigm shift. Like I have a quote from, um, I think it's Buckminster Fuller that says, you never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. Ooh, I love that. That's Buckminster Fuller. So I like focusing on empowering moms, empowering children and families and dads to shift the whole paradigm. I mean, if their new paradigm is we eat organic, we restore our gut, we we exercise, we grow our own food, then GMOs are not part of that at yep. all. Yep. It becomes they could become obsolete. So uh, that's that's a new paradigm that that I would like to create, and I know that you're creating with permaculture and, and the education that you're giving to the public, and and I'm very confident that we will accomplish this. I, there's a lot of things that are concerning. There's a lot of things that are quite daunting. I mean, the the, the new administration is you know allowing uh, chloropyrifos, different types of chemicals. I mean, there's just some devastating decisions that are happening out of the out of the hill for the environment. But at the same time, there is motivation happening like never before. I, I'm going to a town hall meeting tomorrow night with Congressman Liu. Um, he's not even I'm not even his constituent. But but uh, what he has done to ask for a congressional hearing on glyphosate is extremely courageous and noteworthy. And I want to go to his town hall to be supportive of that. And there's going to be 753 people there. Wow. Yeah, there's never been town halls with that many people. You know, with a, there was one in Utah with a thousand people. There's there are people getting active across the nation, speaking up about the type of country that they want, and they're doing something about it. It's very exciting, and I'm very encouraged that uh, so many people are getting involved. And I and I know that we can make a difference. We've got towns all across California that are and counties and school districts that are stopping the use of Roundup. My my city, Mission Viejo, is the most recent one. They've stopped spraying glyphosate-based herbicides in the neighborhoods. That doesn't mean they're not spraying it on the main streets or in the parks, but at least in the neighborhoods, you know, where my kids walk barefoot down the sidewalk sometimes, they will no longer be spraying glyphosate. So I'm very excited about that. And there's many school districts like Irvine and uh, Laguna Beach and San Juan Capistrano I believe Ladera is working on it, and um, I'm talking to Alyssa Viejo tonight, and Marin County has stopped it. They were the first ones. They stopped it spraying glyphosate around their reservoir, and now they're working on the entire county. So it's this is happening all across the nation. You know, people are, are not are stopping, they're discontinuing the use of glyphosate-based herbicides and toxic chemicals, and it's it's very encouraging. You know, when I saw that California won that court, uh, that court battle and it's, it's established now, it's official, California mm-hmm. recognizes it as a car- uh, glyphosate as a carcinogen. I was yeah. very excited about that uh, and I was like proud of California. It was awesome. Yes, yes it's, <laughs> it's very exciting, very exciting. We've been in communication with OEHA and 
the Department of Public Health and the um, Department of Pesticide Regulation. We're very lucky in California that there is a Department of Pesticide Regulation. They they do um, actually track the use of pesticides. And I've been able to find out in Orange County, I believe it was about two years ago, maybe 2015, that the the, the most recent data was that they used, that the recorded was 265,000 pounds of herbicides and pesticides pesticides county alone and 65,000 pounds of that was glyphosate so we're looking at turning that around yes and and changing that and and i've been speaking to the orange county public works to use a steam machine instead there's this great machine from this company called weed technics and they have a very hot very high temperature steam which actually kills the plant and the roots but it won't um it won't destroy all of the soil microbes. Like for instance, the, that plant will die and then the soil microbes will actually go back and eat the plant. So the soil will improve in quality over time instead of being destroyed by toxic chemicals, right? Which we right. destroy the soil microbes. And so if they, if you, if, if a community feels like they have to spray something, like if they feel like that particular area, that sidewalk or those streets, you can't put mulch on them, you can't do permaculture um, and they don't want to hand pull then there is a solution, and, and that is non-toxic steam. It's completely safe, and it's been used in Australia for 14 years. And the Orange County Public Works Department is looking at doing a trial uh, run on it. And um, there's colleges. I think believe there's a, a university in Colorado that's using it now. The San Francisco Airport uses it. Um, there's many landscapers that are looking at you know changing over their um, equipment so that they can use it not only on streets and sidewalks and front yards but in backyards. There's a handheld one, or one that, like a backpack one that you can use and use steam to control weeds in in your backyard gardens. Wow. So, yeah, and farms as well. There's a machine just for farms. So we have information on that on our website under action, and you click on National Toxin Free Town. And there is a website just for uh, steam weed control. And there's many other solutions as well. You know, there's goats, there's permaculture, there's community service that you can just, you know, hand pulling. There's water, uh, um, boiling water and vinegar. If you just want to use that in your backyard, that's what I use. You know, there's there's a lot of other solutions as well. And, and we just have to look to the solutions. Wow, that is awesome. So I totally agree that the future is absolutely incredibly bright. Um, I was running the numbers the other day and because it's everyone talks about how you know since the industrial age since the industrial age all this carbon and it's like yeah but there's five to ten times the amount of carbon you know since the industrial age that was already released by us the past ten thousand years (laughs) so so i it, it just boggles my mind that so many people are sitting on their hands and and they're just scared and they're just sitting on their hands being scared watching the news and buying the same old things, living the same old life, when just over that fence, we can't see it maybe, but just over that fence, there's a completely different diet, uh, lifestyle, physical, you know, physicality, um, a completely different world environment-wise. I mean, there's so many things that are just there. We just have to get everyone to, to hear it and to see that picture in their mind and to say, hey, wait, that, that's a possibility here. And once that's the case, there's nothing that's, there's nothing that's gonna stop us. Yes, and, and, and that just over the sort of, I don't know, just at the edge of the horizon that you point out 
is, is what I felt when I, you know, when my son asked about the allergies and going away and all that, I felt like it was out of reach. But if you create partnership with somebody, you know, with your husband, with your children and say, will you do this with me or a friend of yours, you know, Hey, do you want to go on this? I don't know, for some people it's a paleo diet or a vegan diet or vegetarian diet or whatever, right? Or just go organic with me. Like, let's just bring organic snacks for our kids so that when we get together at a play date, we know that everything that we're all eating is safe and we can all share it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you just get partnership with somebody and then you make a promise, definitely to yourself, but to somebody else is very important. When my son said he would be my partner, I said to him, okay, Ben, I promise you're going to get better. That's and that powerful. was scary for me because I didn't know how, but I knew that if I made a promise, I would take actions and he probably would take actions that we normally wouldn't take, right? If you say to somebody, I promise I will be there at six o'clock, you get your butt in gear and you leave early, right? To be there at six o'clock. But if you don't make a promise, if you just say, oh yeah, see you tonight, you're probably just going to mosey in at 620, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or I'll be there around six, right? Then you're you're not going to make an extra effort to go out of your way. So what needs to happen right now is we need to start promising ourselves and promising each other that we're going to take certain actions. We're going to get these chemicals out of our towns. We're going to get these GMOs out of our foods, out of our schools, out of our hospitals, out of our preschools, and start taking action to make that happen. Because if we don't make that promise, it ain't going to happen. I'm sorry. It's just not, you know? So um, we got to take those actions and and that helps us to get over that sort of hump, so to speak. And some things that you can do, if you don't mind, I'm going to address a couple of things for people who are like, well, where do I start? You know, go for First it. Of all, eat organic as much as possible. I don't bother with memorizing like the dirty dozen or the clean 15 or all that. It's just I don't have the brain space for that. I, I fill my brain with other things <laughs> that are important to me. So I just try to eat organic as much as possible. And if you want to start to, to like try to memorize some things, just know that corn and soy and, you know, the canola oils and all that, those are GMO. Corn and soy and sugar are the main GMO um, proponents. However, recent data has shown that if, if you are more concerned about the toxic chemicals like glyphosate – then you should be avoiding oats, wheat, garbanzo beans, chickpeas, lentils. Those are the, those are the top five. And then dairy and meats are going to have levels of glyphosate that are just absolutely you know unacceptable, especially the oat and the wheat and the garbanzo beans, chickpeas, because they're sprayed with glyphosate as a drying agent. So And it doesn't wash off. So you're going to be getting for instance, like 6,000 parts per billion of glyphosate in, um, on wheat, wheat bread in some areas, some like Northern areas, Northern America and, uh, North America, higher States where there's rain, they spray it. Now down in Texas, they probably don't spray with glyphosate as a drying agent, but you don't know where that wheat is coming from. So you, it's just too much of a gamble. No, it doesn't say, so you have to avoid wheat to avoid say 6,000 parts per billion of glyphosate and oatmeal, baby oatmeal, found by the FDA to have 1.67 parts per million of glyphosate on it. To put that in context, it only takes 0.1 parts per billion to destroy your gut bacteria. So you're eating a bowl of oatmeal in the morning thinking that you're getting off to a healthy start for your heart. And what you're in fact doing is inundating your body and your liver 
with this toxic chemical. And if your liver doesn't function properly, you're going to get heart problems. It's completely the opposite of what they're claiming. So um, we, we have to avoid, you know, certain foods if you're really on a budget. But what I'd like to point out is that if you can afford Coke and soda, we're doing, we have a, another infographic coming out soon. A Coke in a, in a bag of chips is about 77 cents. You can afford a bowl of a cup of rice and a cup of black beans for 66 cents. That's organic. And you're going to get multiple vitamins and minerals and essential proteins and fats in a bowl of rice and beans way more than you get in a, a soda and um, and a bag of chips, which is going to have high sodium, high fat, high sugar, and uh, very high sugar, and and will have GMOs and toxic chemicals in it. Oh, so, yeah. so you can afford organic. You just have to start making that mind shift of okay, I'm going to not buy the soda this time. I'm going to not buy the regular chips. I'm going to buy organic chips. I'm going to buy some organic lemon juice so that I can make lemonade with stevia. That's fabulous. I'm going to buy organic oatmeal, organic bread, right? Organic eggs and organic milk. I'm going to start there. And I would just avoid hummus altogether right now. Garbanzo beans because even the organic is contaminated. Ah! Those steps. Yeah. Just start making, taking those types of steps. That's crazy. That's awful. I love hummus. So wait, what other organic um, products should our listeners be worried about? I know you and I have privately talked about which bread um, tested the best, but um, what what other organic, because I mean, organic hummus, you know, it sounds so just down to earth and easy oh. and you know what I mean? But what else should we avoid? It's, it's, it's so sad. I mean, listen, if you're, if you're at a, a potluck party and there's, you know, hummus and, and, um, organic wheat, you know, pita bread or something like that. And it's organic. Definitely eat that over the hot dog and the bun and, you know, the, the, the other foods that are available. I, I don't want to say that it's com all completely contaminated. It's not all of it, but some of the, the studies have shown from the Canadian food inspection agency that Tony Mitra put out, his website is tonu.org tonu.org and if you want to get his book it's he has a free download you know online um, version on amazon and it's his book is called poison foods of north america and it shows that the food from the united states and, and canada is far more contaminated with glyphosate than anywhere around the world in fact mexico's food is 70 percent more less contaminated than ours Mexico's food is 70% safer than the United States. And so I don't remember all of the exact, um, you know, organic foods that were contaminated, but it was about 30% in the U.S. and Canada. And the levels, however, in some cases were far lower, like, for instance, four parts per billion versus in the conventional food, like 800 or something like that, you know, parts per billion. So it's definitely still safer to eat organic. But there were a few, which was the garbanzo beans and the wheat, um, and we know oat from different testing. It wasn't in his testing, but in, from the FDA testing, that those three or four with the chickpeas were the ones where the organic foods were still contaminated. Wow. You know, like the, the numbers of them, the number of the tests of samples of organic food were still contaminated. And some of them had about the same amounts of glyphosate. 
So that means to me that that organic certification must be completely fraudulent. Wow. Yeah. And just today, the organic one, I think organic, um, sorry, not organic consumers, but an organic association, we were posting it on Moms Across America Facebook page, just posted that there were about five or six different organic certifications, which were completely fraudulent. So, yeah, it's very unfortunate. We do have to be vigilant about this. I mean, when, when, when a company sees that they can make more money selling organic, there's obviously going to be some bad guys. There's going to be some fraud. So we have to stay on top of that. And the best way to do that is to, um, know your farmer to buy local. I mean, if you can't grow your own food, which is ideal, then go to your farmer's market, go to a CSA, buy local, know your farmer. You can buy a lot of stuff on the internet now and have, you know, if you, if you eat meat, you can have meat shipped to you. You can go in on a half a cow with, you know, if that's what you buy with your friends and get grass fed organic beef, you can go to Azure standard, which is, um, a national delivery system where you can buy like 25 pound bags of organic sprouted flour and it will be delivered to a drop off point. So you get to meet other people and connect with them. There's lots of ways now that you can buy food online without even leaving your house. So if you're disabled, there's still, there's no excuse. You can buy this food online and have it shipped to you. Um, and, and take care of your health and avoid glyphosate and GMOs. So just as much as possible, buy organic. If you can buy organic and non-GMO project verified, that means it's been tested for both, you know, for, for GMOs and well, not tested for both. It's been tested for GMOs, but organic is means that toxic chemicals are not allowed. Doesn't necessarily mean it's tested. So that's why the new label glyphosate residue free from the detox project is um, uh, very exciting because they will actually be testing for glyphosate and the products that have that label on it will have to be, you know, completely glyphosate free. So, you know, this is the new reality of our food supply is we have to ask is, you know, are pesticides in there and, you know, is it being tested for that? And so that's unfortunately, you know, the new reality, like you said, this is hard information to receive, but just, do the best you can by start with buying organic um, as, as you know, the, the most, the foods that you eat the most of, let's just say that, you know, the wheats, the breads, the pastas, buy those organic and, um, and take it from there. And we do things like go camping instead of spending $5,000 on a vacation for our family, right? We don't buy the latest phones. We don't buy the latest TVs. We don't spend money on expensive clothes. We frankly go to Goodwill to get a lot of you know, household items or clothes, uh, first. And if we can't get it at Goodwill, then we'll go to a, another store. Um, but you know, we, we just have to make organic first in our budget. Just it's, I mean, if you're, if you, if you don't pay the farmer, you're going to pay the pharmacists. That's just the way that's what it comes down to. You know, if you don't give a little extra money, we know for a fact that we're saving hundreds of thousands of dollars on my son. He had autism symptoms when he was eight and a half years old. And this was at the same time when, when I um, got the glyphosate testing initiated at the lab in St. Louis, Missouri, microbe Innotech lab. So I had my son's urine tested for glyphosate when he had these autism symptoms. I said, something is going on with this kid. His behavior was erratic. His grades dropped from A's to D's and he had rashes and, and all kinds of gut issues. 
And we found that he had eight times higher the amount of glyphosate in his urine than was found anywhere in Europe. When Friends of the Earth did testing with businessmen in Europe, he had 8.7 parts per billion of glyphosate in his urine. And so I thought, wow, why is this happening? Besides being outraged, you know, why is this happening? Why did this one son with autism symptoms, why does he have glyphosate in his urine and the other two do not? And I realized it was because at the time he was eating gluten. The other two kids were gluten free. And so they weren't eating gluten. And, and I believe at the time that that gluten free must have not been as contaminated as it's showing up to be now. This was a couple of years ago. And, um, he, he was being exposed to wheat and the other two children were not. So we cut wheat out of his diet and we, um, treated his gut with, we had to do an antifungal cause he had very high fungus. He had C. diff, he had gut dysbiosis, he had 19 different food intolerances. And his doctor said he has holes in his small intestines, you know, huh. his leaky gut. And he said, in fact, the majority of children in America have this. Your kids are just lucky to have a parent who's willing to test for this. And um, he said, and if you take him back in here two weeks from now, he's going to be, a, you know, showing food intolerances to the food that he ate that week. Right. So it, the, these kids are their guts are just being destroyed. So we had to treat we did have to treat with a compound medication that was six hundred and fifty dollars for the antifungal. So we're saving at least six hundred and fifty dollars a month by eating organic, because after six weeks of doing that and having him eat organic, having uh, good probiotics in his gut, putting in colloidal silver, which helps the gut. If we had if we knew about Restore back then, we would have used Restore. I'm sure that would have helped tremendously. And within six weeks, we retested him. His glyphosate levels were no longer detectable and his autism symptoms were gone and have never come back. Amazing. Yeah. So I know the power of what you're saying of, of getting your children tested, getting to the reality. Because when I saw the hid glyphosate in his urine, I was like, that's it. We're all organic, period. I do not want this chemical in my kid. And before that, I was like, ah, it's okay once in a while, right? You know, and, and it could be okay once in a while. But really, if you want to protect your kids, you've got to go cold turkey with this as much as you can. You really do need to um, avoid these toxic chemicals. So, and I know, you know, we can do it. It does cost more money, but we can do it if you're creative. You cook ahead of time, you buy bulk, you, um, you know, freeze food so that you have it ready to go and you're not tempted to stop at a fast food place and buy food and you keep snacks with you. You know, it, it just, you just got to make those choices a yep. little time. Yep. And, and if you haven't been making those choices, as we mentioned at the beginning, you can go and do the detox. You can restore your gut. You can get those minerals. Everyone's talking about minerals nowadays more than, than vitamins. Everyone's focused on minerals because we've demineralized our foods and our bodies. Yes. And a lot of the medicine is actually minerals. <laughs> so it's incredible. I would, I would totally um, recommend everything that I've seen on your website. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, the minerals, I just want to add that the re we believe the reason why the minerals are so important is because, number one, you can't fight cancer without certain minerals like potassium and manganese and, you know, iron and all, you know, all these really important minerals. Um, zinc is also the number one component or one of a major component in sperm. And if you don't have healthy zinc in your sperm, you're going to have you know, um, in semen, you're not going to have healthy sperm if you don't have the right amount of zinc in your semen. And there's a study out that shows that in China, um, the men that were tested to or supplied uh, semen for the, for the sperm bank, 
it, within about, I think it was 15 years, they, their acceptable level dropped 38%, went from 58% down to 18% in 15 years. And at that rate, in 6.6 years, there won't be any men left in that area of China that will be able to reproduce naturally. Whoa. 6.6 .6 years. And we're being exposed to the same chemicals they are. Let's not, you know, sugarcoat this, right? They just may be exposed to more of them because China isn't as strict. They don't have an EPA that, you know, has done some work over the past years, not nearly what they should have, but they don't have, you know, environmental restrictions. So, um, you know, I kind of forgot my point, but we, what we're talking about is that we have to protect our bodies and the endocrine disruptors, um, that glyphosate is, isn't roundup is an endocrine disruptor. And oh, also glyphosate is a chelator and a chelator means it holds or makes unavailable the vital nutrients of any living thing it touches. And it particularly likes zinc. It will particularly go after, of course, it loves manganese and potassium and all of these vital nutrients. So we are, um, minerally deficient now and we our bodies will not be able to function the way they're supposed to without those minerals so it's very important to not only eat organic but to add in those minerals and the reason why you can't get all of those minerals in your food now is because of the depletion of the soil the chemicals that have been used not just on the soil like if, if there's an organic farmer who's like oh i've been organic for 20 years that's great but there's again chemicals in the air right and the, there's pollution there's rain all of those things that have depleted the soil over the years to such the extent that if you want the same amount of iron in your spinach that you could get back in the 1950s, if you want the same amount of iron in one serving, you'd have to eat 75 servings today. So, impossible. Yeah, impossible. So we're not getting the same amount of nutrients that we used to get just one generation ago in our food. So it's very important to supplement with good quality minerals. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's why we're we're happy to have the one that we have. It, it also has um, um, humic, I'm sorry, fulvic acid in it as well, which is very supportive of restoring the gut. And um, and the product Restore actually closes up the tight junctions of the gut so that your gut can do what it's supposed to do, which is to you know have gut bacteria with um, that supports the immune system and supports all your hormones and prevents. Um, diabetes and, and mental health issues and depression and all of that, because without the good antibiotics in your gut, your, your body's not able to function and, um, do things like regulate insulin or support your, um, your hormones, your balance, your, your, um, memory and your, um, moods, you know, all of that. So a lot of important reasons to protect the gut and, um, try not only try our supplements, but to eat organic, know your farmer and get involved in what we're doing. Amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and educate us and spread your message, which needs to become all of our message, which is we need to live pure. We need to protect our future. We need to protect our families and our environment. Thank you, Matt. It's been really a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for everybody for listening. It was a long conversation, but really much needed. And go to momsacrossamerica.org and check out all the information we have. We do still have free material that we can send out to you if you post your local event, like for instance, an Earth Day event or a climate change event or a 4th of July parade. We still have budget to send out 100 boxes for free and not all of that has been used up. So we invite you to go to momsacrossamerica.org, go to events and post your local event that you can pass out flyers at. We appreciate that. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Have a wonderful day.
was an incredible interview. I'm very excited that she was able to make time for us this week so that we could talk. We were able to get a lot of subject matter covered. And I think we were able to do it in a way that makes it clear that there are solutions, there are steps we can take, and not all is lost. I hope that you feel positive. I hope that you feel the hope uh, and the ability to protect ourselves that um, her work really brings to the fore. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you have an amazing week. Celebrate Earth Day any way you can. Make a promise to yourself this year to live regeneratively for your children, for your children's children, for all of our children. Let's do it. Let's live regeneratively. Have a great one.